you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hi, I'm Calvin, spelled with two N's and one Y, but it's not where you think. And I've seen a lot of Star Wars. Was that the I'm Wyatt. Reference? I'm Wyatt. I've seen a lot of Star Wars, and I was on Twitter enough to know exactly who Calvin is imitating, despite not having watched She-Hulk. Um, yo, my name's Andy. I haven't seen She-Hulk, but I have seen some Star Wars. What up? Hello there. Yeah. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> hey. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> a Star Wars podcast, not a Marvel podcast, but um. My name is Calvin, so you know I can make the uh, two wins one lie joke. So, um, 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 we're a podcast where we we are... decide we decide the D and D classes of the characters in Rebels, and that exclusively. It's not we are not a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> one story at a time. But it's not what we are. We are purely we don't a, do a that D&D here. We class don't podcast. Do that. It's one arc at a time, always. <laughs> No, I've been, I've been, you've been doing really been good, Calvin. At you've story. Been, like I, having, having the break. I think has we really got like me to... 10 or so episodes in a row. You haven't said arc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Not 10. We won't. Five. We'll say no, <laughs> four. This is number four. Probably. Uh, okay. I'll go back and figure it out. I've, it's, we need to transition to story. Story. Yeah. So who time. are we doing? Uh, D&D guys, classes for. Guys, I'm really so so I have so many like my thing is like do we do a like character not that all the characters weren't relevant but I'm like we could do Sabine or Hera who were like prevalent in these episodes but I'm not sure yet like I'm not like I'm 100% sure Zeb's class Mm-hmm. But I feel like it would be more interesting. Yeah, give we'll, we'll give Zeb his class down the road. Um, his moment. Yeah, you know what's yeah. um what's it's... Dante Bosco's character's um, <laughs> class? Oh my gosh, Dante Bosco! Dante Bosco's... His class is Zuko. <laughs> his class is Zuko. His class is. He's a firebender. sorcerer, right? Aren't the sorcerers the ones who know? Who have well, like we're... um. I actually don't know. Well, sorcerers are the ones who have like the pact with the um otherworldly being, right? No, I don't think so. I think that's, that's a warlock. Yeah. Oh. I think sorcerers are like they their their magic comes from their like. I don't. It's know. inherited, I believe. Wizards yeah. wizards study wizards magic. Learn sorcerers. Yeah. I think have like innate magic abilities, mm-hmm. and uh, warlocks. It's it's all about pacts. I'm with, a bad uh, gay. I don't like beings. Dungeons and Dragons or Drag Race. Well, I just so like I was saying <laughs> before we started recording, I, I, I'm switching characters right now in my D&D group. So I was just looking at all the classes. Uh, I'm going to be a fighter, uh, but I <sighs> yes, don't. The best class. I was a I was a bard. That's my the character I've played. And so I am finally retiring him. Uh, as Kaya's, uh, my partner, is switching worlds uh, mm. for our campaign. So I, I have like, 
I don't usually know this much about the classes, but I was like, I actually was just looking at this uh, 24 hours ago. <laughs> Fun fact, um, D&D one, like the first edition of Dungeons and Dragons, the fighting class was called Fighting Man. <laughs> and it was one of that's, like three. That's like what Zeb is. That, that is absolutely what Zeb is. Like, that sounds Fighting like Man. Burning Man, but in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Fighting Man. <laughs> Come to the festival. Um, okay, no. <laughs> All right, who are we doing? Who are we doing? Are we doing Jai Cal? Are we doing Sabine? We do, are we, we doing do... Hera? Are so, we doing... so Sabine, I was thinking, is could be like a ranger, but I don't know because because Sabine's thing lightly. Is that she has like explosives? She's interested in explosives. Yeah, she blows stuff up, and she has trust issues. That's what yeah, she has trust issues. So I'm trying, like, I'm like, what D and D class fucking blows things up all the time? Like, I agree with you. I think that she's a ranger uh, because she's the she among like it. I'm going to group her grenades in with like bow and arrows, like as ranged yeah, attacks yeah. where she's like, she doesn't go up and do close quarters fighting as a default. Like Zeb is the helmet smasher. Ezra is a rogue. I think, I think Ezra rogue Sabine ranger. Work she uses well a together. blaster pretty well too. I feel yep. like she, and she's so. got the, the twin Mandalorian guns. Yeah. Uh, nice continuity note having her wield the same ones uh, that Death Watch uses in Clone Wars. Um, yeah. As like the standard angular, all all diagonals Mandalorian architecture design. So, yeah, I was thinking that that was all. It just doesn't feel flavorful, you know, to be like, well, Sabine's a ranger, but like. Well, neither is Sabine yet. We're going to get. True better sabine episodes in the future so those will give you you know a deeper insight into her as a person and you know we can revisit sabine we've already agreed we're going to revisit ezra at least so guys yeah well and i think i think what we're going to end up seeing is like the con is multi-classing essentially mm -hmm. yeah with all of them uh because that's the sort of their character development is it, it for some of them is going to be like multi-classing ezra is a rogue but he's essentially training to be a paladin Mm -hmm. Guys, we should play like a campaign as the characters from Rebels. Oh my god! Get like a group together and play um, D and D, or play like squad. a Star Wars role playing playing game. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, like Either you one. can pretty like, easily translate Star Wars oh, yeah. into you into five E, and, and I mean, like you know, we, we've said this every episode so far. The the Rebels group is the adventure party. Yes, it's why we're doing and just what we're doing. And we get in episode in this uh this first episode our sort of I feel like this is our first side quest is breaking ranks. Yes, indeed. Well, mm, I feel like Fighter Flight was kind of a side yeah, quest. Yeah, I guess, but like where you introduce essentially new NPCs. Oh yeah, okay. I see like, I you know, bad game. Yeah. No, no Dungeons and Dragons. No, it's all good. Um, uh you you're correct. I'm just thinking about like how this is when the DM breaks out. Oh why, yeah. Are you calling this, me a bad gay? No. Yes. <laughs> Shame. Shame. I said you were right. You got me. You beat me on uh, uh you're right. Fight or flight was their first side quest. Yeah, I know. I was I, I was joshing. <laughs> I'm just joshing you. Yeah. Um we could talk about it yeah. now. So, we can do what so the podcast this, is about. Th this week on First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. We watched Rebels season one, episodes six through nine. I love that we are finally doing 
just like we are watching episode six and then seven and then eight and then nine, as opposed to like early episodes of Clone Wars or early Clone Wars podcast when we were jumping around and around and around. Yeah, George is um, allergic to linear storytelling. Yeah. Anyway, it was breaking ranks out of darkness, Empire Day and gathering forces. Yep. Yeah. Gathering forces. Empire Day part two, essentially. But. I like that they. Hey, I I, mean, I like, love a good nonsense Star Wars episode title. What the fuck does Gathering Forces mean? Yeah, it's we had a. We'll talk about that. We'll talk. We about do get that. A, a like a blunt. Uh, we had Rise of the Old Masters, which is a blank of the blank stuff, which as as my favorite Star Wars naming convention. Out of Darkness is kind of similar. Okay, so. In breaking ranks, Ezra has gone up undercover to the Imperial Academy on Lothal, where he meets another student, Jai Cal, who kind of seems a little bit force sensitive. Maybe, maybe not, question mark. Uh, they and their other uh, classmate, Zerleonis, work together to try and fuck up the Empire. The Grand Inquisitor shows up. Uh, they're stopping a Kyber Crystal shipment. Is the important thing. And yeah, is the uh, the sort of it's the B plot, but yeah, it's what the parents are doing. Right. They sabotage a walker. They get out of the clutches of the Grand Inquisitor. The rebels help Jaikel and his mom get to safety. Yeah, it just is just so funny how like Dante Bosco just has such a distinctive voice and one of the more iconic characters in animation. Yeah. So I can't I'll never unhear Zuko with any any time he shows up. I'm like, oh, it's it's incredibly, incredibly recognizable voice actor Dante Basco, a.k.a. my boy Zuko. It's just Zuko. It's it's jarring, actually. And like, it's really interesting because I have been on my, you know, uh, once every nine months Avatar rebinges and I'm on season three of Avatar right now as we are doing this episode. And so it's like, wow, you get. Dante Bosco and like a really early version of this character and then like but it's so funny because like that was almost 20 years ago uh, or at least season one of same. Avatar yeah he sounds exactly he's one of those people who's, who he will sound the same when he's like because he's probably got to be in his 40s 50s now like he's yeah. not a young man well and also he's doing a, an Avatar podcast with Janet Varney um like that's right crazy. now cool. actually yeah it's called Braving the Elements and so it's Dante Bosco, the voice actor of Zuko, and Good Janet shit. Barney, the voice actor of Korra, and they rewatch Avatar and discuss it. That and have like is the awesome. creators and the rest of the cast on, and it's really fun. That's that awesome. trend in podcasts, that especially when it's actor led, I really like. Mm -hmm. There's some I, I know because Megan is obsessed with it that the the One Tree Hill girls do that, and like they are in control of the podcast, which is very cool because they did not, they got treated poorly on set. So the creators are not allowed on the podcast, but they're, you're getting like a whole lot of so much insight. It's, it's cool to see that kind of podcast. I, I think it's cool. I, I would love if, uh, I don't know if the, if somebody did, a, if the rebels voice actors did a rebels rewatch podcast, I would absolutely listen. Oh, yeah, um, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. But well, because hey, Freddie, 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 Freddie Prince, I was gonna say, Freddie Prince goes on a podcast once a year and drops the most unhinged and correct Star Wars rant, then disappears back to being married to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, Andy, I forgot to mention last episode. So, um, uh, the Grand Inquisitor did mention Kay, uh, uh, Kanan's former master. 
Oh, really? Yeah. In these episodes? In, in oh. Rise of the Old Masters. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember that. Hold on, let me go back. <laughs> no, don't look it up. Don't no, look it up. No, absolutely do look it up. It's in okay. the episode. Oh, in so... the episode, yeah. It's in the when episode. He, yeah. When he, it's his comment on his lightsaber style. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I do He's remember like, him this looks like. Uh, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Why? Absolutely. Do you think I should do it? This is All live right. Andy react. Well, let yeah. them no, look it up. He, you're right. You're right. You're right. Is it? Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Okay. I'm trying to find where he's fighting him. Are they alone or is Ezra there for them? They're in the cell. Okay. It's like right after Luminara. Yeah. And it's like he, he says something about form one, I think. Or I think it's form three, actually. Lightsaber forms are a uh, blind spot for me. I just don't give a shit. Uh, it's one of the things that could never grab me. I, I read I read about him. I know I, know, I don't like, know who that is. Facts. All I know is oh, that you don't know who Depa Balaba. You don't Balaba. know who Depa Balaba is. That's a fair point. Yeah. Okay. Is this supposed to matter? We've seen her die. We did? In uh Revenge of the Sith? No, not no. Revenge of the Sith. Think back oh, to- is <laughs> it- <laughs> Wait, is it the guy in, in Bad Batch? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> this whole time i'm like who's that child and i was right you were right <laughs> you were right and we've been being extremely annoying about it yeah no i was like man i i it was wow. so that was it was so funny was watching so bad batch the funny. first time when you were like who the fuck is this child and we were like ah damn we his can't voice, say anything this kid. you were like this child that is voiced by an adult man and then and then you watched the Bad Batch um, right before we recorded our episode on the first on the on the premiere of Rebels. And you were like, this does not sound like the same kid. And we were that like, was the funny bit was you said Freddie Prince Jr. does not sound like Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> like on the podcast. We have you on record, like in the real world saying that that was when Ke- uh, Calvin and I decided to be really annoying about it and just let you suffer. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's so that's, Kan- so that's baby Kane and Jairus. Kane and Jairus is a chosen name um, because. He didn't want to be known as it's a like how name it's like Ben recorded. Yeah, yep, it's exactly like that. Obi-Wan went to old Ben and Caleb went to Kanan. Yeah, at, at least the Jedi he are not his last, good. He changed at, his last name, though. He did change his last name, at least. Good on you, Kate Kanan. But, you know, well, it's it's so funny, too, because no, I, I had forgotten. Uh, so I thought I'll just this is a very, very minor spoiler because it doesn't actually happen. I thought they said Caleb Doom later in the season mm-hmm. and I was going insane trying to find it after watching it with my partner and I'd forgotten that this was the clue like that is that that was sort of the identif- identifier. Yeah. But yep. So we got and that's why Star Wars fans were sort of freaking out because we got both baby Kanan and Hera in the Bad Batch. And of course, now they're a couple and I ship them. <laughs> they're one of the few heterosexual ships that I ship. Even though they're both bisexual. Calvin is saying things like they're canon. Quick disclaimer that (laughs) where this is a little bit headcanony, but also Sabine's a lesbian. So, yeah, (laughs) you know, that girl on TikTok who um, whenever you someone puts like a piece of clothing that looks very versatile, i.e. looks very neatish. And then she'll be like, like, yeah. That's um, that is me. Whenever someone 
says that they haven't confirmed a certain Star Wars character's sexuality because like they haven't confirmed it, but like we know. <laughs> yeah. So at least this is my head. We've sort of gotten way off topic of breaking ranks. Yes. But which I feel like is sort of a disservice to what is a pretty good episode. It's that's fun. What I did you it. think, Andy? I really f- was really like I had so many thoughts about it and I've been really thrown off <laughs> my game. Um, let me go back to the episode. Uh, it was good. So first of all, that sexy little reveal of um, <laughs> it was so like dramatic of him taking off oh, the of helmet Ezra in of the it helmet. being Ezra. Um, I was like, why are you being so like sly? Like, we know <laughs> it's a bunch of children. Like, of course, Ezra is going to be there. But yeah, I that was he's that a was, spy. He's going to ham it up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They really hammed it up. But he's it was got really the, He's cute. got the, you know, the whole doobie doobie doo ba doobie doobie doo ba doobie Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does need the Agent P theme in this episode. Dev Morgan is such a good, like, undercover name. Like, yeah, yeah, it's such a so good cool. Star Wars name that it's yeah. kind of funny that they wasted it on Ezra's disguise on, name. Yeah. It is actually just a very good name. But yeah, it was cute. Because that's sort of how you make a Star Wars name is is like you can have names like Luke in the universe. And so Morgan works, but also you got Han. Like it's just it's it's it fits in the naming convention very well. And it's a a, a minor way to show that this crew knows what they're doing. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think. What did I think about this episode? It It is a so it's, it's fun. one. It's fun. Yeah, it kind of. So. I'll talk about it a little bit now in context of where we were when it came out. So Rebels was really the first major Disney era Star Wars content that was like for wide audiences. It was on uh, Disney XD. It was on cable television and it was meant to be seen by children and consumed. There were books and toys and sticker books and coloring, whatever. Like it had all the promotion that you'd expect from like a kid's franchise. And but it was also sort of the new effort, the first big story in the new canon where they had gotten rid of all of the previous books and comics and were like only the movies and clone wars count and so this was sort of the first telling of the new story on screen and they they were trying i think to make it a little tighter so there's a series of middle grade books that focus on zare and his quest to find his sister that occur sort of parallel to this season um, really, because called, I honestly, I don't fucking trust Zare. I always, I always forget what happens with Zare later on. Like, I, I always forget what happens with him later on in the series. And like, um, I do not trust that kid. Well, at the end of the episode, I never trust him. Uh, the books, I believe he's just a stand up guy. He's looking for his sister. He, okay, it's good. completely played straight. Because um, I'm like, what if he rats them out to the Inquisitor, right? But you know? he, he, uh. He sort of becomes the protagonist of those books, which I believe are generally well regarded. And it was one of the first attempts to sort of like connect everything and tell a story through multiple mediums that I think they're going to do way more successfully when they start putting screen stories in the High Republic area era. Um, because I think we'll see this how the season goes. It's a little clumsy, but those books are apparently pretty well regarded. And that's the continuing adventures of Zare Leonis as he outwits the Inquisitor. He has like a cool girlfriend. I don't know all this that much about them. It was sort of hard to find Star Wars content at this time. That's why I knew Dawn is so rare. Like it was there. There wasn't they weren't producing it in super crazy 
levels until Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. And then the Star Wars juggernaut was in full force again. But it is, it's sort of, it's a funny episode. I always, it, it felt really YA to me watching it this time, just like with the kids being tested. I don't know, it felt like Divergent. <laughs> I mean, like having just read Lost Stars, it was very fun to see like an Imperial Academy on screen. Yes, totally agree. Yeah. Even without Lost Stars, it's sort of, it's the Imperial era version of, of Jedi Hogwarts, I feel mm-hmm. like where you could do a story set in an Imperial Academy about a group of cadets like this and even have a Dev Morgan who's a rebel infiltrator. And like you could have, you could carry stories on that. I think it's interesting to see the difference between these cadets and the clone cadets. Uh, I think it's fun to see the different ways, like the training is very different. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of Clone Cadets, where the answer in Clone Cadets, the episode is teamwork. And the answer in this episode is you have to the the strong survive. Yeah. Like, it's fine to, like, knock down the other people. And yeah. And obviously the answer is still teamwork, but it's they're they're working against the Empire. It's not what they're being taught. Um, A good thing that you've pointed it out just of the link to Clone Cadets. It's thematically opposite but visually very similar. Like the training area is like clearly, if not repurposed, the new version of that Republic tech and the, and the, the, I think when they shoot, they shoot the same yellow training laser um, that the clones do in, uh, or or, that is shot in the Camino uh, training area. Um, It's a good reminder that while we don't know what happened to the clones themselves yet, per Bad Batch and the phasing out of the clone army. Um, we do know that the Empire owes so much to the infrastructure of the Republic Army. It's just cool. It's just interesting. And it's interesting to think because they were like... was a smart man who really thought a lot of things through, I feel like. Yep. It's just because they say that thing in the beginning where they're like, you know, you showed up here like a couple weeks ago and, you know, and in a few like months or something, you're going to leave as soldiers or whatever. And so, like, the, the amount of training that stormtroopers go through, right? Is that what they're training for, to be stormtroopers? Essentially, they're pretty young. So I yeah. think that they would go to further academy training. Like, I, I think... Yeah, I think like, later the, on, they're going to split into, you know, here's your officer track, here's yeah. your stormtrooper track, here's your pilot that track. That makes sense, that makes and sense. And some of them will go off-world to better academies. Like, Lethal is sort of back-world. Like, it's it's yeah. not... it's It's not a... It's not a center of the galaxy by any means. So the good cadets, like we see in this episode, get I- identified. Some of them, it's that's rooting out four sensitives. The Inquisitor yeah. comes to kill them. But some of that is genuinely like, oh, no, you will make a good pilot or officer. We're going to send you to the sector capital and you'll finish your training there. Cool. That's um, interesting. My last thing on this episode is that it just is I've been watching Rebels with my partner and uh, they think the ATDP walkers are so funny with their skinny legs and dumb, <laughs> like flat feet. It just cracks them up every time they walk. They are in action. Uh, and it's it's an old design for uh, a, a similar walker from the original trilogy. And I think it works perfectly in the Rebels style. But they are goofy. I love they are it. goofy. I think their big bug eyes are what makes me laugh. The like the window 
things at the front. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they just because they they are tall and have skinny legs and thus they fall over a lot. And it looks so derpy every time. Uh, big fan. <laughs> They're like chickens. Yeah. Ostriches? Yeah. Ostrich. Well, the nickname for this type of walker, the one that original originally appeared in the original movies, is Chicken Walker. And so this is just like an earlier Chicken Walker. Yeah, this was a good, this is a fun episode. I feel like we got to deepen Ezra's character, start seeing him begin to care about people other than himself. It was fun. And other than the ghost crew, who he sort of feels like obligated yes, to. Yes, yeah. Um, it was fun because we got to see him have banter with kids his own age. We got to sort of get the like storylines of other characters, which is cool to, that that develops elsewhere. And uh, in terms of like the big, big Star Wars story, we see that the Inquisitors are, uh, as we saw in the premiere, but they're up to the exact same shit. They're still killing four sensitive kids. Yeah. It's just a lot more sens- systematic now that, um, you know, Imperial Academy is a lot more mainstream. And also it's not like they have to hunt down Jedi remnants. That's, yeah. you know, the, Inquis- the Inquisitor's purpose at this point is now to eradicate four sensitive children in the galaxy, which thankfully it's pretty easy to find them because you know they're an empire and they have tabs on a lot of planets in a lot of places and that makes kanan and ezra unique because ezra they missed because he was living in a tower for eight years and kanan has been hidden for so long that he's he's a he's a rare survivor um, which is cool next up uh i i will say i loved that moment wasn't this was it in this episode where Ezra's like, you know, oh, looks like I'm going to stay here and help people. I wouldn't have done that if I were still me from four yeah. weeks ago. This is all your fault. Um, blame it on yourselves for changing me as a human. Yeah, it was this episode because he stays against orders. Yeah. Um, and and helps uh, Zare and Jai. Uh, well, because which can't and uh, Hera's being like protective of him because he's new and she likes him. Uh, and I. The the kyber crystal shipment plot is kind of nothing uh, in terms of like what's going on. It's just what happens in the B plot. But just to remind uh, Andy that a kyber crystal powers the Jedi's lightsabers. Yes. And they also just like are, you know, have an immense amount of energy in them. So, yep. So I will say Hmm. this will not be the last time we see Imperials uh, mining kyber crystal. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't doubt that. But yeah, the, that whole B plot line was like boring to me. Like they're just shooty shooty. Yep, they're getting better at it. I think they do a good job with the dogfights in this series. They're really easy to follow. Yes, true, um, true, true, true. And because because that's sort of it's deceptively hard in a good space battle to make it like actually easy to follow the action. And Rebels is pretty good at it. They did a good job of making the ghost such a distinctive shape. That diamond that. uh it, it's like the the Millennium Falcon. It's pretty easy to follow in in like in space scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So out of darkness. Out oh, of darkness. This is actually a fun, uh, fun bit. So the base in out of darkness, this the where this whole episode happens is Anaxes from the Bad Batch Clone Wars arc. Oh, that ba- the whole. So the planet that, that we meet the Bad Batch on in Clone Wars where they come and back up Rex and Cody and Anakin and Mace Windu. That is a Naxus after so a planetary the, disaster. So a room off of that main area is where Anakin FaceTime Padme. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. It's I was an abandoned wondering. Clone War era base. And the funny thing is, is that because of the weird era in which this came out, this was the first time we saw it because uh, like in 
in full animation because all we had was the story reels from Bad Batch because it was canceled. So we knew about Anaxis. There was that there was the Calvin, do you remember the Clone Wars announcement trailer when it was coming back and they did that long tracking shot onto Anaxis? I can't remember um, the trailer itself. I just remember it being, you know, all right, General, what are we here for? And then yeah, it's like a hologram yep. turns. But so the, that that like long tracking shot, I remember I remembered from the promo reels and was like, but also I was like, oh, that's very clearly the place from Rebels. Um, so that's a fun connection that they don't really make explicit because they don't need to. But it's just fun for us weirdos to know. Um, and that, yeah, the planet got super fucked up. <laughs> yeah, with, um, you know, deadly darkness loving cats. Um, because but also on an axis in Clone Wars, it was a dark planet. It was like Umbara. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was way darker. So we it makes sense why those creatures, they can't evolve like evolutionarily in in 15 years so they're having a rough time so in out of darkness we pick up on the ghost crew doing a mission for the mysterious fulcrum fulcrum sends them uh, sabine is mistrustful of fulcrum but hera just kind of brushes it off and so hera and sabine go on a mission together to the planet Anaxis for fulcrum to like drop off some supplies or pick up some supplies rather um, to pick up some supplies and they run into the local fauna who are not friendly and they have to rely on Ezra and Zeb and Kanan to get them out of the mess which they do and at the end Hera's like Sabine I trust you but there are some things that I just can't say and I just want you to know I do trust you yeah, this the is the kind of. this is the first episode that focuses on Sabine, and I remember that it got kind of a lot of flack at the time, uh, and that people didn't really like it that much. Um, it is like we I I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before is that every Sabine episode gets exponentially better, and this is sort of the bottom. It's fine i wish it was better but i also know it's gonna get better so i don't i'm not i don't dislike this episode i feel like as much as i used to i think i just there were moments where i was like i literally don't know what we're talking about like i don't know what we're arguing about um yeah sabine for an episode that is supposed to be like backstory about her we don't get any backstory all we know is that she was at the imperial academy yeah and bad stuff happened which we could have sort of I mean, like, certainly the bad stuff happened, we could guess, given that she's not at the Imperial Academy anymore. Yeah. Um, I promise you the show's going to tell you what happened, but it, it, it's a weird... I think they tried to do, go a little... It, like, not to go back to the ongoing D&D comparison, but it's like a player who's not very good at role-playing yet, trying to bring in their own backstory and confusing the rest of the party. Yes. Um, Because H- Hera... I think makes complete sense in this episode. She's like, I can't tell you the rebel secrets because you are a child and I don't want them to torture you until you give them up. Like, and because you are a child. Well, and, and we, this is a, our first, well, not our first. Cause we, uh, we met Bail Organa in a moment that blew Andy's mind already in this series. But like, so there's hints that it's a larger rebellion than these people. Um, and that, pretty much like that at least Hera knows but we don't know who else does Ezra definitely does not Ezra mm-hmm. has not noticed 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, a, this is honestly to me one of the more kid showy episodes where it felt like it was really padding its runtime out with stuff that didn't yeah, really need to happen. Yeah, there was like a lot of, act, a lot of like action sequences that just felt repeated. There were also like a lot of, of really, a lot of one-liners from Hera and Sabine. Hera especially, I felt like they were a little out of character where I was like, she's not always this quippy. It felt mm-hmm. Joss Whedon and not in a good way. It's fine. It's not a, a bad good episode. Way to feel Joss Whedon-ish? Well, he's a bad dude. He has made some content that people enjoy. But he's also, I think, jumped his even even not was putting all of the very awful personal allegations against him aside. He's jumped his own shark and started like not his content isn't very good. The stuff he's made is too, too tongue in cheeky. And that it's in the same way. I, I think he has the same problem as Stephen Moffat, where they just get a little too in their own, in their own uh, basket about stuff, which is not what this is doing. I just think it's kind of a bleh episode for some reason. Also the color palette bugs me. I don't know why it's, very brown and they're like this is my not to judge someone's appearance but this is my least favorite of sabine's hair yeah Um, they also they also haven't figured out her face yet like she has a different her eyes are different like they're like way more they're almost diagonal in this model of sabine in a way that because i remember there were people that were asking whether she was a near human alien at the beginning of the show and not people who are being racist because she's supposed to be East Asian. And I think when they update her character model, it becomes way clearer that she's a human who is Asian and and, and not in a caricature way. Because like Ezra looks Middle Eastern. Like I think they do a good job with their designs for a lot of them, but Sabine still doesn't look good. Although she finally has her updated. I don't like her like light armor kit in this season where she's just like got the gloves and not very much Mandalorian armor. Um, but she has when she wears the full kit, I think it looks good and they will continue to use that later. Yeah, this is definitely the weakest Sabine look. Yeah, I don't know. This entire episode was probably just and I hate it because it's like, ah, yes, the episode with two female leads, you know, running the show is the worst episode. But it's just like genuinely. That's why bad. you hire. Well, like this is why you have a diverse writer's room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't I, I I don't know entirely. I, I don't know the credits for later Rebels, but I know in season one it was a very male dominated writer's room. I think they had Henry Henry Gilroy back from Clone Wars. They had Dave Filoni. They had uh, Greg Wiseman and Simon Kinberg, who have done a lot of like movies and they've done X-Men stuff. I think Greg or, uh, Simon Kinberg did Gargoyles in the 90s. Uh, so they they had a lot of talent on these these episodes, but also yeah they they wrote a they wrote an episode that's pretty weak for their two female leads. Yeah, we've seen enough stuff about women arguing with each other, you know. Yeah, it, it felt like a contrived conflict episode, and I don't really like those ever. Yeah. No matter who, no matter the gender of the character, I always find them stupid. Yeah, yeah. and it just sucked. It was just like I don't know. It's These characters are interesting. They're interesting, and I would love to see them explored. And that's just not what this episode. Yes, is. <laughs> we. I promise you that we are getting it. That there are there will be there in early season two. There is a fantastic Hera episode, um, com- completely focused on her. In seasons two and three, there are like 
a, a fair few Sabine episodes that give her pretty important main character for a while status like she's they do eventually figure it out but i remember that i think this is sort of the reaction at the time it was it wasn't an it wasn't a great start for them and it's not a it's not an amazing episode really for any of them it's it's another of ezra's crush on sabine episodes um although this time he almost got murdered for it uh and she had to save him but yeah no there's not a whole lot. It's the, I think this is the weakest episode of the whole season. I so fighter, far of everything I've yeah. seen. Fighter flight. Fighter flight is too fun for me to not to to like this. If this episode was more fun, I guess I don't know. Or if it was, I, it doesn't need to be fun. It just needs to be better at what it's doing. Fighter flight was trying to be fun. It was fun. This yeah. episode was trying to be serious and backstory y, and it failed. Well, and and we talked about this in it with uh. With that episode, as we were like, well, what does it the story gain from it? And it gained a relationship between Zeb and Ezra, you know. Whereas this, I don't feel like anything. Was no, because it was all for our like benefit. Anything... Yeah. It was for the audience. Like Sabine and Kanan and Hera already have a relationship, and that this didn't really advance it much further because Hera yeah. still isn't telling her shit. Like if Hera had been like, okay. This is fulcrum. This is or given her anything. It was it, I think would have been a bad tactical decision and a better like sort of resolution of the episode because sort of essentially what the, the resolution was is that they they learn to trust each other in combat. But Hera still pulls rank and is like, I still can't talk to you about this. Yeah. So we don't go anywhere. And 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 it is the first episode of the fulcrum mystery, which will be a running little bit through the series. Fulcrum is their mysterious informant. And as a segue, though, I think what is kind of a weak Ghost Crew episode is followed up by a very strong Ghost Crew episode in Empire Day. Empire Day and Gathering Forces. Yes. Yes. Are we done <laughs> with this? I'm done with this. Yeah. yeah. I don't have much to say about Out of Darkness. I think we did good analysis, though. Yeah. <laughs> Not to toot our own horns. Yeah. Woo. Um, We're good I'm going to take a quick two minute bathroom break. Sounds good. Yeah. While you're gone, yep. I'll tell Andy all the spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> the the Kane and uh, Kane and Caleb thing. We were wondering how long because I was like, we because initially when we were talking about it, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they say the name Caleb Doom at the end of the season. And then I watched the season with Kaya and was like, shit, they didn't say it. Didn't Are we going to have to like because uh, then I was like, the only place I know for sure that they say it is season four. Are we going to have to keep this bit up for a year? <laughs> Oh my um, gosh! I just was like, I yeah, Kanan threw me off. I wasn't expecting that for today's episode. Yeah, neither was I. Calvin had just because I had sort of knowing who Caleb Doom is. I didn't even at all register that in the episode because I know who Caleb and Kanan are. Like I know Kanan's backstory. And actually, uh, pre Bad Batch, Kanan as Depa Balaba's Padawan who survived. Like there was a comic that told a similar story of him surviving Order sixty six. It got a bit retconned because the Bad Batch didn't exist yet, and then the Bad Batch are there. But basically the same thing happens, is that Kanan survives Order 66, escapes off-planet, he goes in with a smuggler for a while, ends up bumming around the galaxy, forgetting how to be a Jedi and not dealing with his enormous trauma, and then he meets Hera, they adopt some kids, here we are. I was recording during that entire time, so I can't wait to listen into y'all's private conversation. I filled filled Andy in on uh, on Kanan's backstory. Oh, a new dawn. Okay. 
basically sort of the Kanan, the latter half of the Kanan comic through a new dawn, just like that he was, he got into the galaxy's underworld. Then he met Hera and his yeah. life regained purpose. I need to read the Kanan comic. I have Marvel Unlimited now. I should re- I should give it a read. It's good. It won't match Bad Batch. I, I already knew that going in. I know yeah. that. Actually, you oh should read the God. Kanan comic because there's a very fun cameo at one point that you will like that we haven't got to yet. But yeah, here's the thing. My college roommate, I watched the Bad Batch premiere with him and he was pissy during that episode because he was like, oh, this retcon the Kanan comic. And I'm like, fuck you. Shut up. It's almost <sighs> as if so much has been retconned. Well, but also and the, the approach they have is essentially is. They're willing to let stories be a little they don't have to match exactly as long as the broad strokes are the yeah. same although i will say i'm kind of mad at them um gender swapping Caden and tales of the jedi but no i is that yeah oh it's a little it's a little, it's a little boy behind um because okay. you can kind of see him in the background of one of the yeah shots. no i just i i know i just assumed that well so that would also be race bending because Caden is black yeah um, I'm going to just assume that's a different character until proven otherwise. I'm, I can be a different character, but still, I mean, that character would serve the same function. Yeah, no, but I mean, Kaden is did, that but... it could in, in that it could be if they're changing that much of the story, it could be the same person. I did notice a couple new uh, character models of who I kind of thought were Caden, but they were in the wrong scene. They were with Mace Windu of a young black uh, girl. Yeah. But that anyway, will be so. So a character in the uh, Ahsoka novel. Yeah. Set after Order 66, which is seems to be being retconned by the Tales of the Jedi trailer, which showed Ahsoka facing off against an Inquisitor, which you watched. And also this character to read the Ahsoka novel, not until the end of. uh, You're welcome to read the Ahsoka novel. It takes place before Rebels does. Um, so. But Caden also is a Caden in the novel has a crush on Ahsoka. So it would be and is a girl and it would be. Thank you for clarifying. But oh, like, yes. well, so Dave, Dave Filoni is not a homophobe, but Dave Filoni, I don't think has ever written a gay character. Which is wild because he fully changed the um the Martez sisters from a man to two sisters and then he knocked the love interest bit off that story yeah but like it's you know we can have yeah but like it it, it, and and i think he's sort of of the george lucas school of really doesn't write romance all that well which Mm -hmm. is fine but it's it's this is a discussion for a different a very different episode of the podcast and really one i had on uh gold squadron already but yeah Let's, Let's get back to uh, Empire Day. Empire Day. So I'll go ahead most and just of that. Like, so we open and a plane in Lethal. Ezra and Kanan are having training, but Ezra is all emo because it is Empire Day. And he is sad on Empire Day every year because that's not a, it's historically not a good day for him. Empire Day is the day that the Empire became the Empire. And of course, as fascist Fourth of Space July, would do, they would, you know, have their whole big patriotic celebration. So the ghost crew, sans Ezra, because Ezra is being emo, decides to go and mess with it. Also, there is a Rodian who the Empire is looking for. 
because he has stolen Imperial secrets. His name is Sibo. Apparently, Sibo is an old friend of Ezra's and his parents. So they know each other. They find the ghost crew finds Sibo, smuggles him off the planet, gets Sibo to Fulcrum while Kanan and Ezra uh, go back to Anaxis to head off the Inquisitor. And Sibo knows what happens to Ezra's parents and uh, Ezra's like, no, I'm not ready to to listen to this yet. I'm just going to listen to I'm just going to live in unknown. I'm emo. My name's yeah. Ezra. Yeah, this uh, Ezra's emo. emo the whole fucking episode. My, my name's Ezra, and you're watching Disney Channel. I never learned how to read. Have <laughs> that's That is absolutely true. There's no way Ezra can read. Yeah. I have seen the Reva thing, Calvin, if that's what you're going to say. The Reva thing? No, I'm talking Where about Where Moses Wild Ingram Wings does I'm Moses oh, I've Ingram seen, and you're watching I've seen Disney that. Channel. I'm talking yeah. about the um, oh, I didn't Gray's watch it. Buffalo Wild yeah. Wings ad. I hadn't watched it yet. No, t- t- there's a Buffalo Wild Wings ad. ad um, that's vo- uh, the voiceover is the actor Taylor Gray, the actor who did Ezra, and so it's just like it's basically like Ezra's doing a Buffalo Wild Wings ad. He's also got a pretty. Dis- he doesn't have as I much of a. Uh, he doesn't have as as long of a career, obviously, as Dante Bosco, but he's also got a very distinctive voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. In my sporadic watching of Rebels season one, when it aired, this was an episode that I really liked and like got back into the show on. I oh, also Ezra is having Day. trouble with his connections with animals. Yes, that's the big thing. Go on, and that's so sorry. That's well, because that ends up a, it, with plot uh, point. Yeah, yeah, and when on an axis when he summons uh, the big fella. <laughs> yeah, because he thinks Kanan Kanan died. My favorite new uh sort of like musical thing of of star wars was introduced in this which is that the imperial march the empire theme is in universe their national anthem because they're playing the super patriotic version during the parade and that was a huge like enormously well-received thing when this episode came out everybody loves it moments like that and i think we had it for the first time in solo is they use it on the imperial recruitment video but they're essentially using, I think, this vert, like a this arrangement of it, the the major key, like very marching bandy sound, and it's very fun. I also love that. Uh, I have a I have a fun Star Wars head regarding the music, but uh, it's just goofy and it it doesn't apply till the sequels. And keep keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I'll just text it we'll, to Calvin. We'll try to remember <laughs> to bring it up when we eventually get to. The oh, I I love bringing it up. I will definitely remember. Okay. First scene of Force Awakens, I'll remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this, in contrast to Out of Darkness, I think this is a good backstory episode. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like it's because we get the double bombs of you know. Because I accidentally spoiled it for you last episode that Ezra's parents were taken by the Empire or whatever. Um, or that, you know, Ezra had a tragic backstory in relation to the loss of his parents, which could have been surmised. But here it is explicitly stated that, you know, something happened with the Empire and yeah. Ezra's parents have been taken because of it. You know, it's the double whammy of that, plus the fact that Empire Day is his birthday, mm-hmm. which is wild because this man is the exact same age was born on the same day as Luke's and Leia Skywalker. Uh, actually, I think per Pablo Hidalgo, he's two days older. 
because it takes a little bit to just in all of the time for the rest of Revenge of the Sith to happen. Like Ezra's like a little bit older than them, but uh, but I I I it, it, they're they're essentially the same age. They're they are the yeah. true ch- children of the Empire. Horrifying. And it's it is sort of fun to think that Ezra is the same age as like we seen little Leia and Luke, so now they're fifteen. They're like Ezra, um, and I I I, I love this as like a little because we don't have a Skywalker tie in yet at all like yeah. this is a completely skywalkerless series i guess we have bail organa but that's it he's the only connection to the skywalker story we're not dealing with obi-wan luke leia anybody of from that era or the clone wars era we are completely focused on a new thing but it's sort of fun to think of uh the twins getting older at the same rate as ezra luke farming his butt off leia probably causing trouble on alderaan ezra definitely causing trouble on lethal mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, I don't know. Uh, they go to I, the bar. Oh, yes. you know what happens is they do some like terrorism. Up, we didn't bring up <laughs> Senator Gal Travis last episode. Oh yeah, Senator Data from Star Trek himself. Yep, he's there. I, I think he is so funny whenever he shows up, especially right now because it's like at least you know last time with Rise of the Old Masters it was like oh look at this Luminara's here you know. Um, but now it's just like you must protest, you know, go out into the streets, you know, be clearly. Uh, he's so yeah, stupid. he's he's a well, so he's a he's clearly a a, a plot driver. Yeah, because we that we're we see that the rebels kind of do one of like basically three things. They either work for Visago when they need money for food and fuel. They work for Fulcrum when they're doing like sort of more mysterious rebel stuff. And then they sort of like they need this prompting sometimes from stuff like Gal Travis and hacking the Imperial Radio Network to go like do something because they are just some dudes in a spaceship at this point. So it's kind of dumb, but I I get it like where they're like, oh, yeah, this will be part of a we can get the people of Lothal to rally with us and then. They do just sort of terrify everybody. <laughs> I do like that they reveal the Inquisitor's swanky TIE fighter and then it immediately gets blown up, but he has another one. They needed to show it off in action. He couldn't, he he doesn't get to just fly the standard TIE fighter later in the episode. He gets the big one. He's I had a Lego boy. of that. Um, the Lego did not really capture the curved wings very well. No, I it's Lego, of course it didn't. But also, but it did do the folding. So it, it like did what the what okay. the ship does. Oh, that's crazy. I've got my um. speaking of Lego, Lego BD1 over there in the <laughs> corner. He is in the corner. He's almost life size. Yeah, almost like probably like. A little bit shorter than life yeah, he's, size. he's a little too small, but that's it's it's he's like a perfect size. Yeah. Hey, he looks no. adorable. I love Lego Beta one. He's got almost mobility Um, his little knees. Don't move, which I'm sad about, but that would probably like mess with the overall stability of the yep. set. Just but, as a as speaking as a Lego geek, they haven't been putting knees in any of their like mecha stuff yeah. for years now. They yeah. used to, but it just doesn't fit. It doesn't pass the strength test anymore. Yeah, um, he's fun. He's cute. That's all I have to say. I love BD1. BD1 is my favorite droid. Um, Andy, play Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> 
Um, I'm trying to think anyway. like what to say about this episode. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was good. There were some lots of fun moments. It's just very plot heavy. Yeah, I like the reveal sort of about specifically what Ezra's parents were doing. Yeah, that they were doing like sort of propaganda broadcast essentially, yeah. because we talked about how I don't always like in the sort of early Empire era stuff seeing people fighting like a shooting war against the Empire. Because to me, it sort of diminishes the power of the Empire as the villain. Like they are, they win in Revenge of the Sith. They are in total control of the galaxy. And we, we, it takes a while till people start standing up to them. But I think this is a clever way to be like, no, it's essentially, it's like, it's more of the activism we see in the real world, sort of. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and I think it is, it is cool to see that represented. And also it shows the sinisterness of the Empire that they were certainly abducted if not killed for it um we'll we'll have to see what Sibo says although we'd never know what Sibo says because we then watch gathering forces and we don't get to know what happens to Ezra's parents yeah um I love drunk acting Kanan <laughs> yes oh it's, a, my God, it's such yeah. a good cartoon bit I love it in every show that does it She-Ra I think is my favorite because drunk Adora is the funniest shit I've ever seen but yeah Kanan weird dad Kanan and Ezra coming up out of nowhere to be like oh god I'm so embarrassed by my dad is a good character moment for both of them yeah yeah it, it is it also sort of reminded me of that Brooklyn Nine-Nine moment where Jake calls the captain dad and like <sighs> it's super awkward because Kan Ezra has to call Kanan dad as part of the disguise yeah but like he is his new dad <laughs> Do you it's see your dad now. Father figure. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's a good. I I just like the. I think this was a good action episode. It's it's sort of in contrast to Gathering Forces. Everything Gathering Forces did wrong, this episode did right. Mm -hmm. It's not amazing. I think if we'd gotten we had the the backstory, but if we'd gotten the big reveal on Ezra's parents, it'd be more memorable. It is just sort of stuck in my head as one of the episodes where I was like, oh, I am actually into Rebels. I do want to watch this. Yeah. Because I remember waiting the week for Gathering Forces after they hit us with a to be continued. Mm -hmm. It had um, it had like a the the vibes of a Clone Wars episode. You know what I yes. mean? Like Rebels has its own vibe, but that episode was like, I could see that being a Clone Wars plot. Yeah, and and also the way Clone Wars will some will will wrap up an episode, but very clearly be setting up the next one. Like, yeah, it's definitely. The two-parters and the multi-part stories of Rebels, they are their own thing. You're right. But you can definitely see the Clone Wars continuity in the crew. Like, yeah. and, and, and it's a lot of the same people involved. Yeah. Um, I do like that Gathering Forces picks up, like, right in it with mm -hmm. no recap. Like, I, that, I, I love the Clone Wars, like, newsreel narrator recap. But it is fun on a two-parter to be, like, back into the action. Although it is funny when binging to watch Ezra say the same thing twice. And I know that happens. Uh, it it always happens on weekly shows, but it's funny to hear Taylor Gray as Ezra do a slightly different take for the new episode. Yeah, because they have to like introduce like a little bit more information. Also, actually, it's it's the very end, but I think this was a better like Sabine has a better character moment in this episode than in her own episode. Her stealing Ezra's family photo and fixing it for him mm -hmm. as a birthday present 
is my one of my favorite Ezra and Sabine moments and the first one where I feel like they have an actual normal relationship. Yes. It could if they had decided to go with them as a as a couple, then this would be a very good start of ship moment. But I, I, I like that it is sort of a start of bros moment and I appreciate that. And it's a cute little I love that Rebels like does drawings as photos, essentially. Yeah. They're like like yeah, they yeah, yeah, and yeah. Clone Wars did it, too, um, where they don't put they don't take a freeze frame from the of show, the essentially. Yeah. That everyone usually that's what's done. And I love that Rebels draws it out. Um, and then uh, it's just a it's a quirk of the like painterly art style that Lucasfilm Animation does for their projects that I really love the like. The, in that Bad Batch arc that we were talking about, the, the photo of Rex, Cody, Echo, and Fives is the same kind of thing where it's a drawn out version of them. And I like that. Yeah. Sibo voluntarily does the whole cybernetic. Input yeah. Thing. That's um, fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I love that line. I, th- I feel like it's in Gathering Forces when Sabine says it, but she's like, you know, they're not mandatory yet. And yeah. so it's, you know. Yeah. She did that you know, together. Very much sure. the Empire will strip away every single bit of individuality of its citizenship in order to gain efficiency for the Empire as a whole and for the Emperor himself. And yeah, and I too. like that as we get sort of out of the beginning of the show and the establishing of the the fact that they are rebels. The idea of having to sacrifice for the cause is planned and for the people you care about is planted by Hera in Ezra's mind in episode one. And we keep seeing it over and over again. Like Sibo feels like he messed up. So he gives his humanity or Rodianity to the Empire in an attempt to make up for what he what he feels he did, whether or not that's fair. Um, And that is just. It's a shitty it's a shitty time to be a person in the galaxy, certainly to be a good person. Oh, maybe I don't know how these things work in canon, the 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 implants, whether he'll be able to recover his life as it was now that he leaves the Empire. Hopefully, as Harris says, Fulcrum's people will help with that. Um, yeah, the other thing I wanted to. Oh, yeah, Um, I kind of feel like. The Grand Inquisitor got the idea to stick a tracker on the ghost with from uh, Riva. He will never admit that, though. He will never admit that. But like, he's like, I hate that. I hate that. I like this. I hate that this was successful and that I'm going to use it right now. And he's pissed when it works. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I really like also the, the music for when the Grand Inquisitor arrives on Anaxes is suitably dramatic. I love his, like, he has sort of a choral theme in in Rebels, and I like that, versus he didn't really have much musical presence in Kenobi. And I I think these episodes do the drama well. Like, you you don't know what Ezra and Kane... They do the suspense well, even though there's not really any risk, I feel like, to the characters yet. But it's funny, you go like, oh boy, how are they going to get out of this one? And I do, I'm not a huge fan of the design of the Anaxes creatures. They look like, they look like a rejected design for Lothcats, which yeah. are nature's perfect Star Wars creature, because giving a cat chicken legs is exactly how you make something Star Wars. Horrifying. <laughs> it's adorable. 
but it is also horrifying, and that's sort of part of it. <laughs> but the I love the design of the like the big daddy Furnock. Like it's 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 so like not the get big off my daddy. lawn. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. It's it's good. I I and I like that it wakes up pissed and decides fuck it. I'm killing everyone up here, and fuck then it, it becomes a problem for everyone. And also. This, I feel like, is a very good, very important moment that a lot of Jedi training hits on is the the first exposure of the apprentice to the dark side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's done really well. And especially uh, like how clueless Ezra is about like because in Rise of the Old Masters, the Inquisitor says, hey, join me on the dark side. We got cookies, basically. But that doesn't mean anything to Ezra. Who just essentially is like, I, Yeet. We, yeah, uh, yeah, we don't even I don't even know what that means. And then fights him. But uh, in this episode, we get to sort of experience him, feel it. And it's one of Taylor Gray's early, like really good Ezra voice acting moments. I feel like he and the voice actress for Sabine start off a little shaky and then dramatically improve. And I really liked Ezra's like that Ezra is knocked the fuck out by tapping into the dark side like that. It's powerful, it's quick, it's easy, but it it will always take a cost from you. Mm-hmm. And it it is why masters tell their apprentice, they warn their apprentices about the dark side because like Ezra is like, what the fuck just happened? I didn't even know the force could do that. And that's a scary thing to, to a scary place to be for a Jedi apprentice. I mean, it very much, it reminds me of, um, I mean, like, I can't tell if it's the moment in, in Avatar in, um, in the Southern Air Temple or in the desert when, like, he goes into the Avatar state, like, out of pure anger and desperation for yeah. either finding out that Monkey Yatso and the rest of the airbenders are dead or, you know, like, confronting the sandbenders that kidnapped Appa and, like, that causes him. Because, I mean, like, in that moment, Aang would have... Like if Katara wasn't there to pull him back, Aang would have gotten or would have killed all those sandbenders. And then not a jury would have convicted him. Yeah, because we all love Appa. But, but anyway, back to. But, but you no, know, you're that's, right. That, that's you're absolutely very right. dark side tapping into moment. Yes. And and sort of in the involuntary nature of it, too, where Ezra doesn't know he's doing bad, but but it's very clear that he's tapping into feelings that that lead to that expression of the dark side. and. It's interesting, too, because like the dark side is sometimes shown to be easier to wield. Like Reva doesn't have very much Jedi training. She was a kid, even younger than than Kanan when when Order 66 happened. But Reva ends up a fairly powerful force user because she ended up with Darksiders. It's it's easy. You can do a lot of feats with it. You can you can summon the big daddy Furnock. You can do crazy parkour and stuff but the connection isn't there. And that's like, it's a good contrast to the, what Kanan is trying to teach Ezra about the connection to nature on Lothal. I also don't know that's if we've talked about this, but uh, there's a fan theory that Kanan is from Lothal. Um, no evidence for this, obviously, really, uh, at this point, but it cropped up just because uh, that's, you don't know where Jedi are from, usually. Kanan doesn't remember his parents. Um, oh, yeah. And so I just I have always liked it just as a fun like it doesn't really matter to his character, but I like it as the. 
in terms of the force and connection to nature, if Lafal speaks to Canaan easily and he tries to teach it to Ezra, I think it's fun. That is sweet. I like what that Rebels a lot. does with the force. I love pretty much everything Rebels does with the force is some of my favorite. And I think it will be easier for you to understand the force yeah. as we watch Ezra get trained. Although, I just don't like I just don't like when the force has sound. They will continue to do that. <laughs> it's so weird. It's jarring. Something in my real life made the force noise from Rebels. And I can't remember what it was. And I I was <laughs> like, I need to talk about this on the podcast. It might have just been the wind. Like, I was like, oh, God, am I a Jedi? Am, am, I, I, a Ez- Jedi? am I Ezra Bridger? <laughs> Ezra moment. That's so funny. <laughs> Ezra moment is just every time I'm annoying. <laughs> Every time I purposely annoy my partner is an Ezra moment. Ezra moment. True. Man, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, no, the, the, this was... Uh, I like these... Ep- we we should talk Out of Darkness a little bit, but these are, I think, a good group of episodes. Yeah. and And a good... And the arc of the season is taking shape in a good way. And uh, I think it's fun also, just a little teaser for next time. We're seeing them start to escalate what they're doing in Rebellion Against the Empire. And we'll get to see that continue as they get into, as they say, shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's interesting because they're not like, they're they're not formal rebels. You know what I mean? Like, they just kind of piss off the Empire. But it's hard to be like, they are, they're not like a formalized, like, coherent, like, no, you know what I mean, and there and and it is sort of like it, it. It sort of appears that there really isn't one at this point. Like the rebellion yeah, yeah, is still yeah, yeah. very fragmented, even though clearly there are more. There are more than just this crew causing trouble for the empire. We're gonna see Cassian Andor do the same thing in Andor. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna. Um, he was we have, in the trailer. We're gonna check back in with Saw Gerrera in Andor. Like that's true. Yeah. Noted, noted shit stirrer Saw Gerrera definitely still out there stirring shit. We've got Fulcrum, but I also like that as they as as Rebels season one hints at the larger rebellion, pissing off Star Wars fans who want this show to be about the larger rebellion and not a very pleasant found family. Um, <laughs> but I love it in especially in retrospect for what we're going to see with the whole show, which I won't spoil you, but like that escalation and we're, we're yeah, going to have yeah, to keep we're going to get there. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's and cool that we're getting this. Yeah. Beginning. That we get the ghost fights one transport for a kyber crystal they blow up one tie fighter they rescue one imperial technician and everything every little needle prick hurts the empire and the empire doesn't take him seriously well and i think that it's a honestly like a good representation of how like rebellion sort of works irl like not necessarily rebellion but like protesting and things like just doing what you can where you can yes is like, and that is rebels yeah. sort of point is that if you can do something you should even you should. if you think it's small um i and i love that about the show like that's it, the the core theme of it is you need to take care of the people that you can whether that's the people you love or the people you can help um, yeah, and it's good. Also, just a quick note for because uh, I remembered he exists. The like Agent Callus versus Kanan fight in Empire Day when they're like on the trucks is very fun. I like it. I like seeing non Jedi fight Jedi and like still hold their own. 
And I do like Agent Callus as like sort of a he always gets he's like Spider-Man. He always gets back up and continues chasing them. Uh, and I like that kind of like Inspector Javert villain. True, 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 true. Oh. Um, yeah. What are we watching? What are we watching? Yeah, so, so next time on First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, we watch Rebels season one, episodes 10, 11 and 12. Uh, Path of the Jedi, Path of the Jedi, Idiot's Array and Vision of Hope. And it's fun. We we see oh, yeah. we see we see people and we see the ghost crew. Yes. And then I'm I I, I, I looked at the I cheated and looked at the rest of Rebel season one because I couldn't remember how many episodes. This is a fun one. And then we get the sort of essentially the three part finale next yeah. time, uh, which is going to be very fun, which is, I will say, when I decided I was like, OK, I love Rebels was was I could tell you exactly. There's two moments where I was like, one, I have to watch this series. And then two, I love this series and it's coming up in the future. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's f- because I just got finished with a Rebels rewatch like during our break. And so right now I'm only letting myself I'm not letting myself like watch ahead because when we were watching Clone Wars, I would still just be watching other random stuff. We'd be watching early Clone Wars shit and I would be there watching, you know, Umbara and shit like that. Yeah, well, in Clone Wars, you could do that with whenever because of the anthology format. Yeah, but right now I'm only letting myself I'm rewatching episodes because I need to rewatch stuff so that I can, you know, watch it, experience it and then watch it and take notes. But like I the only episodes that I watch between recordings are the ones that are for the next recording. And it is very fun to just kind of like piece my way through this story of these people instead of uh, binging it like I am prone to do with most TV shows. So that's fun. Good for you. You're living my life. Yeah. (laughs) See how it is for me. The Andification of Calvin. (laughs) Of Calvin. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm so glad we got to spend this time together, listeners. Yeah. Yep. All right. May the force be with you. Swag. Uh-huh. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles. And you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.